2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Uh, let's hope for
0: less honking cars this week, huh? Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I heard that from some of you last week. They were sitting there <laughs> driving around. Because we're back in the home studio. You know, my schedule, it it all depends on my schedule. My schedule changed now. So I I work in the mornings, and then I end up taping this in the afternoon. And if I'm not still in the city, I'll tape it at home. In the home studio, you know what I mean? But I'll leave the window open, I'll let a little air get in, I'll, I'll, I'll allow the ambiance to be captured. And sometimes the ambiance involves the cars that are on the road behind me, and then you hear them honking. And then you drive around, and what do you hear while you're driving? Honking. But they're not honking at you. They're not even honking at me. They're honking at somebody outside my apartment. The honking that you're hearing would have been honking that happened hours, if not days ago. Months, depending on if you're a person who likes to listen to classic episodes. And hey, I encourage listening to classic episodes. That's why I leave uh, all of them available. Although, maybe we should move to a premium. Eh, Regardless... Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. What a week it's been. What a week it's been for me. What a week it's been for uh, professional wrestling. Of course, as I told you last week, uh, my life and schedule has shifted as I am now the co-host of Jim Norton and Sam Roberts, which airs every morning, starting at 8 a.m. Eastern live on Sirius 206 XM 103. And I'm having a great time. You heard the Bellas interview Uh, that's uh, last week. The Bellas interview came from my show with Jim Norton. Uh, You can see that video, actually, on the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts YouTube page, which I'll tweet out, and I'll tweet links out and everything to help you guys find it, Uh, but we had Nancy Grace on this week, so you probably, if if you're a dirt sheet reader, if you check out the wrestling website, you might have seen my name there, and we'll talk about Nancy Grace, maybe in the state of wrestling, maybe right before, but... Right now, because we got a lot to talk about in State of Wrestling. we got to talk about No Mercy. we got to talk about Raw SmackDown this week. Uh, we got to talk about... Uh, maybe we'll talk a little TNA. I don't know for sure. Goldberg coming back. Uh, and, of course, Season 3 of Lucha Underground. Now, uh, before the big Nancy Grace interview, my biggest moment of the week, went down on Sunday. Sunday, I was at New York Comic Con, and... The people at Lucha Underground graciously asked me, little old me, to host their panel on on Sunday afternoon, and guys, I gotta tell you, even, and this is behind the scenes a little bit, the Lucha Underground people were blown away at the support that everybody gave them. I'm not kidding you. I would tell you if it was embarrassing, and I didn't know how it was gonna be, because look, New York Comic Con closed for the weekend. The con was over. Sunday at 5 p.m. The Lucha, the Lucha Underground panel was Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m., literally the last hour of the convention. Everybody gone home, right? Wrong. I've hosted several Comic-Con panels. I had an amazing time hosting the Headlocked panel last year. I've hosted panels for uh, uh, some TV shows for Toy Hunter. I hosted a Christopher Lloyd panel. I believe the Christopher Lloyd panel might be the only one that is even in contest with it but the lucha underground panel might be the biggest panel audience i've done at one of these cons and not only was the audience big i mean it was probably it was twice the size the room was twice the size of some of the rooms that they have at new york comic con and all the fans were there ...for the product. It wasn't like they heard Rey Mysterio was going to be there or the chicks were going to be there or whatever, and they just showed up for them. They were all believers, as they're called. They were all Lucha Underground fans. Um, and and I get it. I had such a good time hosting this panel. Uh, the, the people that they put on were super interesting. Um, the fans were all into it. Uh, behind the scenes, everybody was awesome. Like, it was just a, a fun time. Everybody had great answers. Everybody had great questions. Uh, and it was something that I wanted to share with you. And and I look, a lot of times these Comic-Con panels are situations where you kind of had to be there. I don't necessarily go back and listen or watch old panels because part of it is being there and interacting with it and everything. But I was so happy with the way this one came out, that I reached out to Lucha Underground and said, "Hey, why don't you let me share this panel with the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast listeners?" Because I wanted you guys to hear it all. They talked about uh, merchandise. They talked about touring. They talked about uh, the differences um, between Lucha as a t- Lucha Underground as a TV show versus a uh, an actual wrestling company. Uh, Rey Mysterio touched on the WWE Cruiserweight Division. We talked. Here's who the panel was. Rey Mysterio, Taya, Katrina, Eva Lise, Lucha Underground Senior official uh, Marty Elias, Eric Van Wiganen, Dorian Roldan, who's done the podcast before, and Skip Chasen. Skip, and this is this is why it's so interesting. This is why this panel was so good. Obviously, we all know that <coughs> we all know who the women are. We all know Rey Mysterio. We know Marty Elias. Skip Well, Dorian, he's been on the podcast before, he's the head of AAA, so he is the wrestling part of Lucha Underground. This is why it works so well, it's between these three people. Uh, uh, Dorian is the wrestling part of Lucha Underground, he brings the AAA influence, he he takes care of the Lucha part of the show. Uh, Eric is the showrunner and executive producer. He's writing the shows. He's making sure things are cohesive. He's coming up with characters. He's doing the casting. He's making the show happen. And Skip, he's a, an SVP at El Rey Network, but he creates all the vignettes, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that happens in Lucha Underground. Uh, and, and when those three elements come together, you have... An amazing and revolutionary wrestling show. I'm high on Lucha Underground in a big, big way. And the reason is because everybody says, well, you got to do something different. Ah, WWE is this, WWE is that. You got to do something different. Well, Lucha Underground came forward. They did something different, and it's actually working. I watch, I don't have it on my cable system, but I watch on iTunes every week. Um, And I've just, I've been loving the shows, and I think that the company is only going to get bigger, only going to get better, and has so many of the right people around it. So, if you missed New York Comic Con this weekend, shame on you, but I got your back. Here it is, in its entirety, the Lucha Underground Comic Con panel, moderated by yours truly, the last professional broadcaster, Primetime
2: Sam Roberts. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Good afternoon, everybody.
0: I'm very excited. My name's Sam Roberts. Uh, You may know me from Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on SiriusXM or the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. But I'm very, very excited to present this panel to you today. Uh Lucha Underground is one of the best wrestling TV shows on television, if not maybe the best. Uh, and we've put together an amazing panel. So please welcome our guests of honor uh in no particular order Eric Wagonin Dorian Rodon Pena, Skip Chasen, Eva Leese. Marley Perez, aka Katrina, <laughs> Taya, Marty Elias, and, of course,
1: Ray Mysterio Jr.
3: Good.
0: We've got a great mix of... of talent and creators, because this is such a special show and so many elements go into it that there's, I mean, I've got a thousand questions for them, there's going to be a chance for you guys to ask questions as well, we've got some uh, videos to go to, Uh, but before all that, why don't we talk to uh, the creators, uh, Eric, Skip, Dorian, Uh, when your approach, when you decide to do a show like this. What goes into it? Because you want to com- create a television show, but the wrestling audience is one of the most fickle audiences of any form of entertainment, so you've got to do something that's going to uh, support them as well.
4: Well, I think we went into it with the understanding that the wrestling audience was a very fickle audience. And I used to always sort of joke if if fifty one percent of the people like you and forty nine percent of the people hate you then you 're probably better off than most other wrestling promotions <laughs> so that was the initial goal. Um, uh, this started about three years ago um, mark and there had been some discussions with uh, robert and and Mark Burnett about teaming up together for a wrestling. Uh, something for the El Rey Network which was about to launch and it had sort of some very specific guidelines on what they wanted and and, uh, you know they wanted a wrestling show that appealed to American-born Latinos but that could cross over to wrestling fans in particular. There was a a lot of work that had been done ahead of time um, incorporating Aztec mythology and research into Aztec mythology and they wanted it to kind of uh, cross into that world a little bit And um, then you mix it with uh, the Robert Rodriguez uh, orders of don't be like anybody else. And uh, so, (laughs) thank you. And so I think that um, we spent a lot of time just kind of talking about it and figuring about like who's available, who could we hire, where would we shoot this. I scouted probably 20 to 30 different locations. um, And and then eventually we all just felt good about who was out there and what was out there. And uh, we pulled the trigger on it and off we went.
0: You know, it's also, I mean, you combine a lot of things, right? Like you, Eric, come from a world of TV. You've worked some, uh, somewhat in wrestling. You did Tough Enough and Legends House and stuff like that, but you also have worked on a lot of Mark Burnett's projects. Skip, you didn't do any wrestling stuff before this, or did you?
1: No, um, I was a big, uh, or still am, a big uh, kung fu and comic book fan. Um, and it, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Then, uh, um, really, it, as Robert is too. So I grew up watching WWF, and I loved how the characters had their backstory. And I, sitting there with my dad, I believed it. And so when they walked around, I believed it. And so that was one of my things, was I wanted to bring that richness of character back in a cinematic form and have it be believable, or at least in our hyper-real world. And I also wanted to have all those characters reflected in what's today. It's what I see out here. It's when you guys watch it, you get taken away, like a Marvel Universe, and you just go with it. So there's ninjas, there's fire-breathing dragons, there's <laughs> all this stuff. So, and it just works.
0: Yeah, and I guess part of the challenge is figuring out how do we get ninjas and fire-breathing dragons into yeah. a believable <laughs> real world. Yeah, with nunchucks. So with that's, with nunchucks, a, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you figure out, because you're right that Lucha Underground brings a storytelling to wrestling that I think is very important but missing on a lot of shows these days. Did you have to figure out how to translate these stories to wrestling fans? Or did you just figure good stories are universal?
1: I think good stories are universal. That's Robert's discussion. And Krista um, Joseph, he, he's not here writer-wise, because um, it all starts on paper. Yeah. And then everyone goes with that. If the story is honest, even though it's fantastical, you go with it. I mean, that's testament to all you guys and what this Comic-Con is about, is believing in strong stories. And that's what we're bringing
0: and Dorian, did you, were you brought in to maybe make sure that the influence of Lucha, and you know, you come from AAA, but the influence of Lucha still holds a paramount while all this storytelling and, and television show making is going on?
5: Yes, of course. One of the most important things is when we start all this project, we were thinking how to ring. Lucha Libre to the United States. It was not just wrestling, you know? It was like Lucha Libre. So everything started 25 years ago when my uncle started to make a revolution of this, of this business with AAA. We started to create and to give a position to the new wrestlers like Rey Mysterio and other superstars. And the problem was how to bring again in a high level and with really good quality the Lucha Libre to the United States. And, and we have the fortune to have people in our company like Robert Rodriguez, to have Marburnette and to have all these creative guys like DJ, like Skip, like even Eric, working with us in a team, creating and developing these backgrounds for all these characters that we have. And it's amazing how you have characters like Pentagon, like Drago, like like Phoenix, who live in both in both of the worlds, in Triple A and in Lucha Underground. And, and and the background that that the creative DJ Skip with all the vignettes it's 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 amazing, you know? When, when I saw the first vignette of, of, of Skip, I have boost comps. Yeah. And, and I, I realized that we have a new product and that we have a new revolution again in the business. Uh, we were talking about the Wednesday nights. There was no wrestling. Right now it's fantastic how much wrestling you can find on, rest, on Wednesday nights, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we are creating a revolution. We have the best talent. And we are just trying to get bigger and better every day. Hmm? Whose idea was it to
0: to repackage people as they came in, even if they weren't coming from like a WWE? Like for instance, you know, instead of Ricochet coming in, no, uh, Prince Puma. It's like each character is unique Mm -hmm. to
4: Lucha. Eric, you want to take? I, I think a lot of the characters um, were developed before we ever cast a single person. I know the Prince Puma character had been. Um, we worked uh, with a uh, PhD in, I think, Mesoamerican studies named Carl uh, Taub. And um, we worked with a company that would, that developed IP for some of the big comic book companies. And that's where we sort of developed the idea of the Aztec tribes and and uh, what different tribes would be and what they would look like and what their symbols would be. And so we, before we ever cast a single person, uh, we really had flushed out a lot of the IP. Not necessarily the plot and the storylines, but um, things like the costuming, things like the, um, the Aztec mandala that would be in the middle of the ring. Uh, you know, all the kind of little touches... Um, That you see were were a lot of times thought out then it became about finding performers that could fit that role and you know It's an it's a unique Um, challenge when you're doing that because, you know, we we want Latinos, but we also want people who can speak English, and we also want people who know how to lucha, and uh, who can work with many different styles, and men and women, and we have uh, minis and exoticos, and we were going to go the, you know, all the way with all all the different lucha libre characters, and so... um, you know, we we cast for certain parts rather than cast people and then develop the parts for them, and um, I, I think that that was probably a wise decision because it's easy to get sidetracked um, by somebody's in particular, you know, particular talent, and that you want to change the character. And not that we don't change the character a little bit, but we knew that we needed a Prince Puma character. We knew we needed Mil Muertes. Um, we had some dark matches where we tried different people out, and then ultimately we just. Um, pulled the trigger on the guys that we have. And, and, you know, I think that uh, um, now if you look at those characters, they're no longer our characters. They're the wrestlers' characters. And is that still the way it's done
0: to this day? For instance, like on episode five that just aired last week, we saw who we all know is Sammy Callahan pop up. Do you say, oh, Sammy Callahan's available. We think he'd be great. Let's figure out a character form. Or do you have an evilest boyfriend character still that you're casting
4: in in that case it was sammy was available <laughs> 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 in that case, Sammy was available, and, and, and we said, let's grab him. And, um, uh, you know, let's find a, an entry point for him and let's create a character for him. He was one of those people, and that's sort of where it's really helpful to have someone like Chris Joseph and Chris Roach involved because they, they, they know who's out there in the indie scene. And when somebody becomes available, we, call, we talk. We say, okay, who, who is this person? What can he do? Can he lucha? Is he Hispanic? Can he speak Spanish? You know, we asked sort of the gamut of questions. And, you know, is he technical? Is he rudo? Where would we fit him in? And so we, we kind of come up with a quick plan. Sammy was one that became available, and so we jumped on him because um, anyone who's seen him work knows for a guy his size, and uh, he, he has a, a really amazing um, presentation and talent. Yeah. This, uh, this is a question for the, for the women
0: on stage with us. You know, you hear... You hear so much about, you know, divas revolutions and women's revolutions uh. and things like that. What? I mean, it seems like the best thing that Lucha has done is incorporated women into a world where they can be taken seriously as competitors against men and, and not really drawn such binary lines of who can wrestle who. Uh, how did you all feel coming into a company knowing, like, this is what we're going to do. Sometimes you'll be wrestling women, sometimes you'll be wrestling men, but it's not going to be this stop the presses, there's a girl in there with a boy scenario. Yeah,
3: I think that um, it's an honor, honestly, to represent what a luchadora is, not what a diva is. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we really have pushed the envelope. I mean, wrestling in Mexico is part of Lucha Libre. We wrestle with men all the time, so... I was excited to show the states and show the rest of the world what I had been doing in AAA, and uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of representing the strength that a woman has as a character, as an athlete, and as a person, and we've really elevated the bar, so.
0: Do you think that that should be a more kind of regular mainstream practice of women and men being able to wrestle each other without it being this taboo thing?
3: Pardon? sorry, I didn't hear that. Do you think
0: that that should be a more regular practice? Being, to... I think
3: so. I yeah. think that overall, in sports and in entertainment, right now, um, women are getting stronger and stronger, and we're finally getting recognized for the value that we have. And I'm really proud to be part of Lucha Underground because they allow us to do that. Yeah.
0: Katrina, <laughs> whose idea when you when you, you were there from the beginning when you came in and they said, well, we need you to like lick.
4: Everybody's faces after they lose. That was her idea.
2: Eric does
6: this every time too. Every every after every show for the past three years, he's like, "So uh, are are you mad yet that you came up with the lick of death?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, the 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 lick of death. You know, they gave me um, me and Mill met for the first time. Um, and the day, I, we were there day one, and um, they they gave me a, a short description of Katrina, literally like a, a paragraph, you know, evil, seductress type of um, thing, and I, you know, we we very um, layered character, and I was just trying to think of something different, you know, every, uh, every woman in, in film and television and the, you know, poison ivy type of character, you know, where you're, you kiss, everybody's kissing, and I'm like, well, what if I lick them? <laughs> <laughs> and Krista Joseph looked at me and was like, what? what, what? And he was like, no, like, just trust me, like, just what if I lick them? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, just, I lick them, I lick them, like, let's, and he goes, all right, let's try it out of dark, and we tried it, and he's like, what Let's do it. <laughs> and then there there comes the lick of death was born, you know. I just wanted to give you guys something like um y- y- uh, raw, you know. Good. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad that you like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think people are fans. Were you uh at, when you first signed on to do this, had you left wrestling to get involved in acting primarily?
6: 100%. Yeah, I didn't I I this gave me love for Um, wrestling again, and acting, and everything in general, you know, I, I, um, I I got, I lost my passion a little bit, you know, and, in it, It, you know, the industry kind of wore me out a little bit, I, I I left WWE, and um, um, I I really wasn't going to turn back, uh, you know, and go, and go in that direction, but um, I, this was, you know, I was meant to be Katrina. This was meant to, to happen. Lucha was meant to become what it's become, and um, I jumped on board, knowing you know the the amazing people we have on board, um, and being able to work with people like Skip and Eric and Robert Rodriguez, and the and have such a diverse group of um, wrestling talent. You know, and although they don't, they know I can do that. They do. They utilize me as a character, which I'm very passionate about. The character aspect as well, and I feel like it's been lacking in this industry um, for so long. So I'm happy um, to be able to try to bring that and and really push that that part of it in, in in the wrestling industry, and also be able to jump in the ring and get speared and get kicked when needed, and <laughs> and lick people, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been quite the ride since uh, day one. I've enjoyed it very much. This is a
0: question for, I guess, all the, the talent, quote-unquote, so you know, Marty Ray, any of you guys. Maybe not as much Ray, because Ray jumped on halfway through season two. But when this, when this is getting launched, because the thing about pro wrestling is every, like, two or three years, the industry starts talking about some guy that knows a guy with money that's got this big idea that's going to do, you know, what Lucha actually ended up doing, but it never pans out. Were any of you skeptical that this was actually going to happen when you, when you signed in? Like, were you going like, because it sounds, on paper, before we see this, <laughs> it kind of sounds too good to be true that Robert Rodriguez is starting this cable channel, and he wants to do a wrestling show, and it's going to be great, and blah, blah, blah. And for, for you guys that have been in the business for a little while, you probably know that most of those promises aren't exactly kept. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Um, I've been wrestling for about 12 years now, and I've, before Lucha Underground came about, I had very bad experiences with other main companies, so on a personal <laughs> level, because of that turmoil that I'd experienced with that, um, I was kind of skeptical, but one thing that really um, helped me feel comfortable with it was actually Eric, because I had worked with him <laughs> with, uh, in Tough Enough. Before, so that, on a personal level, that kind of made me feel a lot more comfortable because I had a very good experience working with him in WWE Tough Enough. And, you know, on the professional level, you know, obviously with Robert Rodriguez and, you know, those names, it's like, okay, well, this is, this is something, you know, good. actually happening. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> this, this is going to happen.
5: <laughs> but let, so. me, let me tell you something because... Yes, they, they they were really skeptical, you know. <laughs> I was in a long process of five years trying to bring all the capital that you need to make an adventure like that. And even if five years ago you you told me that uh, there is going to be people like, like Marble Net, the, all the crew, Robert Rodriguez, was almost a dream, you know. If you're in this industry, you understand that there's just one in the business that everybody's trying to make something different. But in the manner and in the way we have two Mexican investors who put a lot of money and a lot of time making all this happen. I want to, to say thank you to these two guys. The first one is uh, Antonio cuea and the second one is Alex Garcia. Antonio was the owner of one MLS team called Chivas USA. And one day we went to the stadium with some wrestlers, and he was so thrilled because when we arrived and the wrestlers entered to the stadium, all the people, all the Mexican people started to surround it. And he told me, why I'm in the soccer business? I need to go to the wrestling business <laughs> and that, all these experiences start like that, and he started to put all the things together and right now we are here. Taya was in Mexico with me and I think I have spent like four years talking about my U.S. project and everybody was like yes, <laughs> come on, it's not going to happen, you, you, you told us the same thing for the last four years, but basically we are here in season three and I can I cannot be more proud of all these people and all this, of all this talent that make that here in New York in a Comic Con, look all the people and all the attendance that we have for, for this event So it's amazing it's amazing
2: oh <laughs> Oddly enough, I remember the first taping that we ever did for Lucha Underground. I mean, I was begging people to come to the temple and people were going, yeah, just another wrestling show. <laughs> it's this, it's that. And we actually had to move people into frame, you know, because we had maybe 100 people there at the temple. If that... And now, you know, you need to kick people out of the temple because, I mean, everybody wants to come check it out. And, and it's so amazing to see that, you know, where everybody was really hesitant about this new project and, and this whole wrestling thing. I've oh, been there, done that. And to see where we are today. I mean, you know, when we came in, we were standing here. I teared up because this is so awesome. And, and, and to see where I've been with my former employer and, and, and all the stuff that I've done and to be here on this stage and be a part of this I mean it's amazing it's dreams do come true man and god thank you guys this is amazing we should uh, we should probably throw to our
0: first video clip I don't know if uh, oh, yeah. you guys want to set that up skip
1: yeah, I'll set it up um, you know was uh, before saying that I I think it's important for all you guys to understand how much the wrestlers put themselves out there. How much Marty puts himself out there. Because I'm doing... First, they put themselves they put themselves out there for the show, the live event. And that's their skill set. And they're putting their bodies and emotions on the line for you guys. And it's crazy. And then I come at them with a camera two inches from their face. And I'm telling them to... I'm giving them acting lessons and they're absorbing and going in and flexing different muscles. And I, it's such a big thing to take yourself out of your comfort zone. And then at the same time, I'm telling them, trust, 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 this is going to work. These crazy vignettes are going to work. Mm-hmm. And after going through everything that everybody's talked about, for them to still trust and go for it for you guys, is, I just have to say, it's such a big deal. Um, to set up this vignette is an example of now everybody trusting the process and then going for it and then hoping that everybody likes it. So we have this to go to. Maybe.
7: (laughs) Tonight I will fight with honor, even though my opponent does not. Just as you taught me. Nah, tonight,
2: you don't fight at all.
7: Pentagon Dark tried to take my career, and I'll be damned if some punk kid steals my chance for revenge. Oh! My dad kicked Dragon the Sticker's ass that night.
0: what's amazing about that is like we've seen the guy gets hit with a chair and can't perform in his match tonight thing as wrestling fans like over and over and over again and all of a sudden it's like we just saw something revolutionary that we've never seen before just because it's storytelling done in a different way Uh, Ray what was that like for you to have that very dramatic moment
3: (laughs) awesome (laughs) awesome
6: (laughs) <laughs>
7: i I'll tell you, uh, this is all new for me. I mean, I, I've been in this industry for 25 years, and every chapter in my life that I've taken has been different and has been uh, to improve. Uh, this phase in my life, I am enjoying very, very much, especially because I get to work around the people that you see up here in this panel next to me, and... I get to learn from people like skip, you know, and skip, uh, I remember that day we we went over that and over and over and he gave me his, his, uh, his tips and the guideline and what he saw. And he, and he, when he explains to you what he wants you to do and, and, and how you actually visualize that in your head. So he just, he puts you right in the moment of things and, and, uh, that's how he creates magic, man. And I'm very thankful and very happy to be uh, learning by someone like Skip to, to be on our side. Not just myself. I'm pretty sure the rest of, of my teammates uh, think the same. You know, uh, we speak very highly of him because he knows what he's doing and he helps us out. And he makes the content that you just saw right now, you know, he makes it better for you guys to enjoy at home, you know, week after week. What's that like for you, Ray? Because you can clap if you want. I don't want to stop you. from.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ray, you've worked in every major company almost that's ever existed. Everybody's had writers come in and out. Everybody, you've, you've worked with all of them, and there are so many guys that have a reputation for being outside of the business and people not liking to necessarily take orders from them because they don't know what they're doing or they don't understand wrestling or they don't understand this. When you start listening to Skip, is it kind of like immediate? Like, oh, this is a guy who's actually got a vision. This is a guy who understands. Yes. It very, is.
7: Very, very much. And and the funny thing is, like Skip said, you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't come from the wrestling world. He was a fan growing up of WWF, but never has been a part of this world at all. So... Uh, which is actually a good thing. He comes from a different background, but he comes from that cinematic feel to everything that he touches. And, you know, you put that... And, and trust me, Skip, if we have any ideas, he is more than free to, for us to put him on the table and and, and uh, include both ideas uh, as much as his as ours. So I think that's what what... Sometimes makes this work even better, you know, uh, for those that have been around to have some input on either your character or the way you're shooting that certain vignette that day, you know, along with what Skip has to, to bring, you know, you just you, you create that magic. So uh, um, and I'm just I'm happy to do it every <laughs> night and I, I wish I could do more vignettes every time.
1: It's a big deal that that's um, everybody brings. Like, Carly talked about the, the lick. So the, the lick kind of, it grew because it was, hey, how about I do this? And and Ray's lots of times, he's bringing stuff that the, each each person is a, a director in their own right. And they're in control of their character. So they are seeing things also. You have to remember, as a director, that, that person, when they're invested in their character, these guys are really invested in their characters, and they know it. So when they have a perspective, you've got to listen. Just like, it, I mean you guys walk through your lives and you see stuff through your eyes. So uh, what you feel and what you see, that's all valid. So it's not, you know, as a director, you just don't go, it's my way or the highway. Right. No, oh, it's this, oh, I had this thing. And then it's a, it's a testament to, to, to Eric and Chris too because we'll come up with, I, I use this thing of, you know, uh, okay, again, big Kung Fu fan. So whenever <laughs> we can do stuff like, uh, there was a nunchuck fight scene and... Mm-hmm. Right? How that grew was, all right, so in Game of Death, they had two nunchucks. We got to have more. We got to have more. <laughs> and so all I said was this one thing. And then all the all the luchadors, they were, uh, that day was a crazy day because everybody was running around with a pair of nunchucks trying to figure out what to do. Right. Um, and the, you can imagine that conversation, it was crazy. Um, and then me going up to, to Chris and Eric, going, hey, guys, what if we did this with the newchucks, And then he did the same thing with the lick. Well, okay, let's go that doesn 't happen you know that, that doesn 't happen that doesn 't happen at on other shows it doesn 't happen on other networks it 's a, it's a thing a free flow of ideas. It sounds wacky, but I mean this life so, I, th- I think
4: yeah. a, a fundamental difference um, from our show is that it 's primarily a post production show. If you look at wrestling in the history of wrestling it 's always been a live event and it 's always either been broadcast live or live to tape. And um, we've sort of, none of us are live event guys. I mean, Skip, before he was directing, was one of the top trailer editors in Hollywood, and every director wanted to work with him. I come from 15 years of uh, editing, and I've sat in an edit room for thousands and thousands of hours personally. So there's a lot of people who, who believe in the post-production process, and the one you know, constant in post-production is you can always change it. So why not take the risk? If you're beaming something out live and it sucks and it doesn't work, then you look stupid and everybody laughs, laughs at you. But if, if you know, we're in our, in our warehouse and somebody gets a crazy idea of how, let's add another set of nunchucks and let's let Drago breathe fire and, and, and <laughs> take it. And believe me, this has happened. We'll take it into the edit and say, not nope, too far. We can throw it away, and so um, the ability to embrace the post production process and you see it 's not just in shots and sequences it 's in audio design like if you look at that scene where um, Dragon Azteca is getting beaten out it 's from his POV, which is a brave choice it 's also you hear the sound design you, you know where you hear the ringing of the head and the skull and the music drops out, and you see the manipulation of the picture itself in, the, in the, you know, the closing of the black around around the chavo character so that's that's you know that's not live television. That's that's heavily post-produced, and that's what you see in movies, and that's what you see in quality dramas on television, and that's who we try to emulate. We don't try to emulate anybody else.
1: Oh, and we shot that before Walking Dead. Like before. <laughs> that is true. Right? I that. saw the yeah. end of that. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Just yeah. like the Vampiro fight, we did all that before Daredevil came out. Dudes, we totally did. I, I promise. It's on the record now.
0: And Eric, I mean, you got to. Uh, Work with one of the best bad guy wrestlers of all time on Celebrity Apprentice, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: you probably learned a lot
4: about. You had to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, I'll say this, and, and you know, obviously, anyone who worked on a show has 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 confidentiality uh, agreements in place that are hard. But but I'm not, you know, I I on a personal level, where he lost me was. When he came out and said the things about the Mexicans, and you know, I was in the middle at the time of, of working with some of the best people that I had ever worked with in 26 years of working in television, and and these are people that are just trying to feed their families and they're just trying to do the job that they love, and, and they put it out there for us day in and day out. And when one of our guys gets a works visa or gets something where he can come to the United States and work and he can provide better for his 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 wife and his children that makes all the bullshit worth it for me and uh, I I'm honored to work with the team of Mexicans and the team of Mexican Americans and people of all races and uh, uh, that we work with um, one of the things I'm most proud of on Lucha Underground is that I think we have a 75 to 80% non-white cast um, we have a production team that's 50% non-white and that you know that that's something that um, you you don't get that opportunity to to do something that's making those kind of statements. And so, you know, all the Trump bluster aside, uh, I, I definitely am proud of the work that we do on the show, and I'm proud of the people that we work with.
0: Ray, uh, you as a young guy in wrestling had to deal with a lot of uh, grizzled veterans coming around and doing things certain ways, some of them for the better, a lot of them maybe not for the better. Uh, when you become that grizzled veteran to walk into Lucha Underground, what kind of lessons do you take from your own experience, and how do you handle that?
7: Uh, wow. <laughs> He's not like that at man. all.
6: <laughs> He's amazing. I'm,
7: I'm chilled, man. I'm very chilled. chilled. I've always been, uh, I've always liked to follow orders, and I've always Follow them very well. Uh, not a troublemaker, uh, but I have received a lot of uh, a lot of influence by my peers. You know, at their time, and even though a lot of people didn't get along very well with like the Nashes and the Halls back in in uh, other eras, <laughs> you know, um, I, I actually got along very well with a lot of them. With them, indeed, very well. So uh, you know, I take that and and I just I kind of gather up all of the good feedback that I've had throughout my years and and just try to carry it along with me. And if if there's ever any advice or or uh, um, any suggestions or help that I might uh, pass along to my peers, you know, I guess that that's when the grizzled vet comes in and <laughs> passes on that information. But uh, um, you know, I've uh, I've actually maintained myself very well, and I'm very happy to, to still have a, a run where I, where I have it right now. I'm very happy to be part of this, this whole team, man. This, even though I was uh, part of Season 2 and not, not Season 1, I'm happy to be here, and I hope that this can continue for many, 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 many more years so we can keep entertaining the fans on a different level. And I'll tell you what Lucha
0: Underground has done, too. It's shown everybody how far mask technology has come. Whether it's, like,
7: Drago or, like, the, the, the mask that Ray's got on today, it's I, not I, just this spandex I, I stapled gotta, together give, anymore. I got to give that to Drago, man, because when I saw his outfit, and, and uh, a lot of the outfits that you see on Underground are just beyond incredible, man. I thought I was badass. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Drago, Drago's outfit, I told him, hats down, man, your outfit is probably the best outfit I have seen in, in wrestling up to now. I said, you're just incredible with the fire and the, the wings and the tongue coming out, you know, it's just just awesome. So he actually hooked me up with his mask designer, and, and he created some of this, you know, which I had a lot of trouble wrestling with it.
6: <laughs> so
7: I just decided to bring it on panels or special interviews like <laughs>
0: Marty, you refereed the Rey Mysterio-Prince Puma match, correct? Yeah. What was it like from your perspective? You all I mean, you refereed that match, you refereed the Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match, right, when you were in WWE? At WrestleMania 25, yeah. At WrestleMania 25. From your position, how did those two compare? Because you could probably, as far as the companies go, put them on at least somewhat parallel ground.
2: Yeah, both of them were phenomenal matches to be a part of. I mean, you know, as, as a wrestling fan, uh, you know, to be in there, of course, you know, I have the best seat in the house. Uh, but to be in there with both matches, they, they were different. Whereas Ray and, and Puma were, were just bringing it. I mean, th- they were, I mean, just tearing it up. And with Puma, I mean, everybody knows how awesome he is and Ray, being the master and king that he is. I mean, it it was so cool because their chemistry was, I mean, it was off the hook. And and what they did together was just something that it's like you don't see every day. So both those matches were just one-of-a-kind matches. And and to be a part of them was just an amazing experience. And I, I just feel blessed and I feel, you know, that, God has given me these opportunities to be a great referee and to be in with great talent like that man. So, yeah, both of them were great matches, and they were great matches on their own.
0: Yeah, Ray, was that pressure for you to do that match, or was that just something? That, was that fun? What, how, how did you feel
7: going into it? That was fun. Uh, yeah. But I I feel pressure every time before I, I go into the ring. Uh, that's just that's my normal. Uh, uh, feeling every time I step into the ring or before I step into the ring. But I'll tell you, man, it's very rare that you get to step into to the ring with someone. I believe we had wrestled one time before that match, somewhere out in an independent show, and that was actually our second match against each other. We'd wrestled in, in uh, the three-way tag teams, but never against each other. So it was pretty much fresh, you know, and to have chemistry like I had with, uh, with Puma... It was just unbelievable. Still to this day, and I believe I, I told you this last time I saw you, Sam, but yeah. uh, I think he's probably one of the best, if not the best, out there right now. So uh, hats yeah, off. Amazing. I believe
0: we have a, a second clip to show with some of the action that we're going to see uh, next week, or this coming week, I guess it is, this Wednesday over on the L Rey Network for episode six.
7: an unexpected trip to the hospital, which is why
3: this match is now going to be a
2: three-way. Chavo Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Wow, what a way to blow the lid off the temple. Chavo has no mercy.
7: one Oh, I could cut the tension with a knife. I'm excited?
0: I forgot about that. I'm excited. I believe we have time to open it up to Q&A. Yes. So if you guys want to, oh man, let not at trample that. each other. Don't <laughs> trip over yourselves, guys. <laughs> 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 well, I guess I. That
6: was good,
3: actually. Apparently, <laughs> yeah.
0: I was not asking the right questions. <laughs> That's
3: better.
0: Right. Uh, we'll we'll start over here.
3: Hi. First. Thank you guys so much for being here. This has been really amazing. Um, I want you to start. You asked my question actually, but about women and, and uh, sharing the ring with men. First, thank you guys for being such great role models for women out there. What would you guys? Yeah, right. What would you guys say to women out there who want to become wrestlers about you know what the path should be like and what you guys could look forward to in the future? Uh, what do you think you would say? Don't be a diva. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey,
3: um, Work hard. Um, you know, so many people will tell you you can't do it. We've all been there in all fat like in your in different jobs or, or whatever, but in wrestling, I mean, I had a lot of people telling me I couldn't do it. I had my contract taken away. I had a lot of really hard moments in my life that led me to this moment. So you just have you can't give up. That's all. Um think
6: outside the box too. You know? Um, take take from um, you know, there's, there's been amazing uh, females in the industry and in, in, in the history, you know. Uh, maybe, you know, watch, take, take from them, but really add your own spin and think outside the box, you know. So don't always, you know, everything is re- replicated for the most part, but if you add a little twist to anything that's been done, it can, you can really make it yours. And um, being different is not always a bad thing.
3: Thank you guys so much. Yeah.
1: Great. Let's
0: go so to uh, this fella in the Cowboys hat over yeah, here. Yeah, Cowboys yes.
1: for life, man. I just want to say... <laughs> uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. got the better
5: record. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for the excitement you give us. I get more excitement in the first 15 minutes of Lucha Underground than that three-hour talk show on Monday nights.
4: Uh-huh.
5: You rock, bro. And second of all, are you expanding your merchandise, maybe action figures or video games?
4: Merchandise.
3: Yeah. Wants to take that. Eric? Eric? Oh,
4: God. Give me the hard one. Uh... <laughs> Uh there is, a, there is a, a, the LLC, which is a corporation that runs all the IP, and there is merchandise uh, that's, that is uh, more on the way. Uh, it's taking a little time, um, but there is more stuff that's happening. I mean, you know, we're a bunch of TV people that didn't necessarily... Uh, weren't prepared for the um, passionate fan base that we now have. And whereas we thought we could kind of keep up with it as it built... Um, you know, we, we, we're having a little bit of, you know, growing pains, I suppose, but 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 that's the one thing that we are aware of, is, is more merchandise, diverse merchandise, character-based merchandise, and, and things outside of just t-shirts and hats, and, and those meetings are taking place, and, and those things are happening. Alright, thanks. Isn't that great, by the way, to see the humility of the
0: operation that earlier they were like, we were prepared for the wrestling fan base to be fickle, but we weren't prepared for them to love us.
4: <laughs> I've worked in reality television too long. <laughs> (laughs)
0: over here Uh, I just want to start off by saying thank you for doing your research I just absolutely loved when you opened up saying that before anyone was casted you were working with a PhD and you were making sure that you were researching and as a Latino wrestling fan growing up, we've had to deal with a lot of just bad racism and prejudice with our wrestling promotion, so I just want to say thank you for. you're welcome Thank you for getting it right and respectable. But uh, my question is what can we do as fans to support the brand, besides obviously tuning in, so that we can see the
4: brand tour? Ah. Ah. (laughs) Getting some heel heat here. (laughs) They're hitting you hard today, boss. (laughs) Uh, There is actually uh, tour planning in the works. Uh, you know, one of one of the things that, that we're we're wise about is we try to watch the mistakes of others, and you know, it's it's better to go too slow than to go too fast. And 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 people get caught a lot of the times when they when they over um, their, their expectations for touring are too high. That's that's how you lose a lot of money really quickly. And and I'm not saying I'm not saying anything about TNA. <laughs> uh, uh, and and, and uh, uh, I think that there are, there are some limited dates that are going to happen this year still, and then there will be a bigger expansion of that next summer. We're getting ready to shoot. Um, you know, we're planning. We do, there's no official pickup or anything, but our idea is to shoot our episodes in the first five months of the year, then go on tour for the last seven months of the year. A limited, not not you know five nights a week. Uh, <laughs> Ray Mysterio is Ray, Ray, going to be our new ring announcer. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
2: we're, That's what ceremonies.
4: It, it's never going to be a week in, week out thing. It would be selected cities, uh, marketplaces that that will that love the product, and and yeah, this would be one of them. Um, and we're just going to grow it slow. You know,
5: it's. It, I mean, we
4: Dorian, why aren't you answering
5: this question? <laughs> You're the genius of touring. I think I think right now we are we are really focus in, in develop a really good quality TV show. We have, we have been doing that for the last three seasons, so I can tell you, we are really ready to start touring. The only thing is we need to go slowly. We are going to start next year. We are planning. There's a question before about the merchandising and the licensing. Right now, we are in a process where we are going to start to develop different business plans in different areas to make this company not, not just a TV show, to make a real wrestling company where all the fans, and, and one of the most difficult things for the touring is when you go to the temple, you are in a TV set. So basically, how can you take out this temple to a live touring without lost any kind of the essence of the product? So basically, we are working on that. We are going to give big surprise and big news Really soon, so it's coming soon. Nice. Wow. That's great. Grace yourself. Well, can I just say, uh,
0: I watched Pentagon and Phoenix sell out a show in Queens, New York, so you have
4: no shortage of support. Phoenix, <car>. huh? Phoenix. <laughs> wait, 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 well, Phoenix, our Phoenix, or you're from Phoenix. Oh, you mean no, no, no. Ray uh, Phoenix? Pentagon. And I watched he and Ray Pentagon <laughs> Jr. <yeah>. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know those guys, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It is amazing though we should give credit to the fact that like while it is a TV show and it's a TV show company and that's what the business is based on the fact that you guys are out there in LA and you're picking up a buzz on the live show that the, anybody that's TV tapings wrestling or otherwise like are generally speaking not the most exciting things in the world like a, a house show is usually a much better live show than a TV taping is so the fact that these shows that are created in post have become amazing live events is, is an extended branch off this thing that I don't think anybody necessarily saw coming. Uh, let's go to you, my friend. Hey, so, Ray, you're just a big inspiration to Latino children and teenagers alike. I would just like to ask what are your, some of uh, your motivations
7: and who do you look up to? Well, m- my motivations growing up was, was I just slept, uh, <laughs> ate, <laughs> and we uh, wrestling. Lucha Libre, man, from, from the moment I knew what that sport was, that was just my big inspiration from day one. But but my focus was completely uh, tuned in to wrestling. You know, uh, no, nothing um, crossed my path or, or um, uh, misguided me uh, towards another sport. No, I was just, you know, full-on, 24-7, wrestling, wrestling, until eventually got... You know got my break to to be able to perform in front of a live audience, and once that happened it's like i I fell twice in love with it you know and i I was like this is this is really what I want to do uh, but uh, I, I'm, I just hope to pass on what I learned to love of the sport to to the Latinos too you know to to just my fans overall. To have passion for whatever it is you love doing and, and go with it. Don't let nothing block you out of the way, man. Focus. Stay focused. Yeah. Love what you do. All right, thank you. Very good.
0: <laughs> Ray, as one of the guys who was like uh, on the forefront of what became American cruiserweight wrestling, uh, what do you think of WWE's cruiserweight division right now?
7: Uh, it... it took some time for them to eventually develop that that whole division. Uh, it was around for a while, 2001, when I was part of that company at the beginning, and then it kind of just drifted off, it disappeared, you know, but for a long time, uh, Dean Malenko spoke about it and was trying to pursue to keep that division up and, and running because the cruiserweights were the ones that were bringing all the action, bringing all the the excitement to the ring. You know, uh, for some reason or another, they, they didn't listen. And I truly believe that now that Lucha Underground has been around and run for three seasons, it was almost a temptation to, to um, in a way, display the talent that they had you know, whether it was in in NXT or or whatnot, you know, and and start running with that talent because of what Lucha Underground was doing. So, you know, competition is always good, but I I truly believe that Lucha Underground has nothing to do with WWE or their programming. We're completely different, you know, and uh, in a way, we have more to offer. Gotcha.
4: Go to you, sir. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you for putting out such a spectacular product um, that so many people love, so thank you for that. Um, My question is, um, so earlier in the panel, uh, we talked about how like easy it is to bounce around ideas like the nunchucks and using that and we've seen some truly out there things like the fire breathing dragons people rocketing off into space
5: (laughs) uh,
7: zombies (laughs) you name it what was one idea or can you give an example of idea that was just
4: too out there that ended up on the cutting room floor
6: (laughs) what
7: I think,
4: Skip, you think of any, I mean, you know, I, hate any, I hate to take yeah. anything off the table because we yeah. might come back it was, to it. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: really nothing, yeah, exactly. We'd be there, maybe we'd have said, oh, let's save this for this, but we're still doing it. There was, maybe, defi- yeah. there
4: was definitely, though, an attempt to do it slowly. You know, if we had if we had started episode one with Katrina teleporting around the room, yeah, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you would have laughed us right out of there. I mean, we would have been buried. Um, so it started very small. It started with little, kind of, little nods to things, little things like, well, what was that? You know, and like just tiny little things that started to feel like, oh, okay, maybe this universe isn't exactly what we think it is and it's not like ours. And that's really all. It was a slow, gradual. Um, uh, sort of journey to, to explain to people that the Lucha Underground universe is not this universe and whereas other uh, promotions want to live in the here and now and the world that we live in we, we've basically rejected that and say we've created our own rules our own universe and and, and you know, we have our own characters with unique and sometimes special abilities
5: Eric I remember really well when I was reading the I was in my desk reading two scripts. The first one was a triple A show, and after that, I started to read the script from Lucha Underground. And I read the word teletransportation. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "That's for real, you know? <laughs> Imagine the face." He was like, "Okay, triple A. Okay, Lucha Underground. Okay, these guys are super crazy. And <laughs> you can find whatever you want. We have a little bit of dragons, skeletons, even even zombies. Come on, guys, you must. They deserve." a really big applause because the creative thing about Lucha on the Run has made this product <laughs> look, what is it?
0: This will be the uh, last question, I think, so you better make it a good one, no pressure.
4: Oh, okay, um, my question is for Katrina. Uh, you are the manager of a, a big meaty monster man <laughs> and you're still somehow the scarier of the two? <laughs> Uh so how do you get into that role because you don't seem as murderous as you appear no, don't on test TV? Me, and also uh also whose whose face tastes the best? That's a great question.
6: That's a great question. That's a good question. <laughs> Maybe I should come over there and lick yours.
3: Oh, <laughs> totally down. Oh,
6: um how how do I get into the uh the character? Um this is this is the way I see it. You know, like like you said, he's he's a monster. I'm around these monstrous men who literally could you know snap me in a second, right? You, as a, a female, um, I I feel like can I I don't know if I I think I can say this, but I feel like if you have bigger invisible balls than <laughs> the men around you, like if you walk around with the confidence that i i own you you belong to me and you and you literally ooze that confidence and you you go into that role you you that's what makes it believable you know so when i'm when i'm in character literally that's in that's in my mind so that's what i ooze out of me to, to make it it's a, it's a touchy character cuz you you have to make it believable right i can't walk around with him next to me and, and, you know, be weak or even come off that way or be smiling or be, you know, it wouldn't be believable because you would never think that a a man like Mill, you know, would listen to a a girl like that, right? So you really have to um, portray that kind of confidence. And um, it goes with the lick too, you know, like, you got to own that. You can't, you can't, like, you know, just... (laughs) No, you got to you gotta mean it, right? So I know, it's so weird. Like, there's times, believe me, there are times I am there and I'm in the moment and I'm going, what is my, there's blood, there's spit, there's things I do not want to be licking right now and I'm trying to find a spot. <laughs> I'm like, this way, nope, I'm going to go right
3: here, you know,
6: <laughs> because there. oh, there just just times. So I'm like, why am I doing this? But um, who was the best lick? I don't know who the best... Evie. <coughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Evie was the best lick. <laughs> she tasted the best. The baddest bitch tasted the best.
7: If you, uh, you see that? I didn't see that episode. Can I- <laughs> <laughs> You're going
6: have to go back and watch that.
0: If you want to see all the episodes, season three is airing every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on El Rey. If you don't have El Rey, you should ask for it. And in the meantime, you can download the show on iTunes. Let's give a huge round of applause for this amazing panel who do an amazing show. Thank you, everybody. Here is Sam Roberts. So many takeaways from that Lucha Underground panel. That's why I wanted to share it with you. I mean, from... Ray Mysterio basically saying that the WWE cruiserweight division was heavily influenced by Lucha Underground, which, you know, you could certainly argue that point. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, Eric, who was there on the panel, uh, had said some things on Twitter about um, uh, TNA and the final deletion. We didn't end up getting to that, but the Trump comments were good. We got to some Trump stuff. Uh, I thought that the Katrina's stories about coming up with the lick of death uh, was great, uh, Dorian, talking about the potential for Lucha to start touring. Uh, so much to take away from that panel. I would listen to it a second time if I were you, um, if you have time, that is, because it's a busy time for all wrestling fans. This podcast hopefully is the audio uh, uh, for the visual that's going on in front of your face right now, which is WWE 2K17. You know, and there's a coincidence there because Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast is brought to you. ...by WWE 2K17. It's time, baby. Get ready to be taken to Suplex City, courtesy of WWE 2K17. WWE 2K17 is back once again as the defending champion of WWE video games... ...with its cover superstar, Brock Lesnar. WWE 2K17 features amazing graphics and gameplay... ...as well as a gigantic roster featuring the biggest and brightest... ...WWE uh, superstars, both past and present... WWE 2K17 also offers a powerful creation suite featuring returning favorites such as Create a Superstar, Create a Championship, as well as a new creation option, uh, uh, a couple of them actually, Create a Video, and Create a Victory. The all-new promo engine is going to bring the drama and personality of the WWE superstars to life in my career and WWE Universe modes. Your words will shape your characters as they rise through the ranks of NXT and WWE to become WWE Hall of Famers. Enjoy a star-studded soundtrack featuring some of the top names in the music industry curated by executive soundtrack producer, Sean Diddy Combs. You might know him better as Puff Daddy. Uh, For more information on everything WWE 2K17, go to WWE.2K.com. WWE 2K17 is on shelves now. Go out and grab your copy today. I will tell you, without shame, I have my copy. I've been uh, grossly busy, but next week I will tell you exactly uh, what I think about WWE 2K17 after playing it. I'm very, very excited about it, though. I love, love the WWE games that 2K comes out with. Uh, All right, before we get into the state of wrestling, I don't know if my Nancy Grace interview... Yeah, you know what? Screw it. That's part of wrestling, right? It was on all the wrestling websites. Uh, we'll talk about Nancy Grace. We'll talk about, speaking of 2K17, Goldberg. We'll talk about it all in the state of wrestling right now.
2: It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling.
0: All right. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. Although her presence has been missed every week, I, I, I've, I spoke to Katie Linendoll this week. And I keep tweeting her, Okay cuz she's been she's been ridiculously busy like me but busier I think if you keep tweeting her though I think she's missing this I think she'll be back uh, uh just 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 as long as some stuff slows down but keep tweeting Katie and let her know that uh she's missed here on the state of wrestling let's start with my Nancy Grace interview because let's be honest I'm the host uh so for those of you who've been living under a rock and haven't seen it you can find it on the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts YouTube page Uh, It's been tweeted out a bunch of times. I'll tweet it out. It's on all the dirt sheets. You can find it. Nancy Grace was in studio with myself and Jim Norton. I was surprised that she was coming in because I've been pretty outspoken about it. Uh, I had an interview, which is on my YouTube channel. It's been on my YouTube channel with Diamond Dallas Page very quickly after he did Nancy Grace's show. And... He was disgusted by it. He called her the C-word, I believe, if I remember correctly. And DDP is a positive guy. He does not do that. Uh, it is because she brought him on under false pretenses, and he made no he, there, was, there was no mistake about it. She brought him on under false pretenses. She was doing this report. It was right after the ultimate warrior died. The ultimate warrior died of heart failure. Okay, is part of heart failure because he had done steroids in his life? That's possible. Is it the painkillers? That's possible. Is it wear and tear on the body? That's possible. Is it eating a lot of red meat? That's possible. A lot of things are possible. But she went on TV after the Ultimate Warrior died and started uh, uh, going off being a victim's advocate, unasked for, by the way, Advocates that nobody asks to advocate for them, I'm always confused by. But she decided to be a victim's advocate, uh, victims being all professional wrestlers, uh, and went on TV and started talking about the industry and how terrible it was, and everybody's a drug addict, and everybody's on steroids, and blah, 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 and went through this list of wrestlers who had died young couple of problems with this. Number one, she brought DDP on under false pretenses. He didn't agree with any of this at all. Number two, the Ultimate Warrior did not die of steroids. I don't know if anybody's ever died of steroids. Number three, I don't think they have, quite frankly. Number three, the list that she made of wrestlers who had died young included guys uh, who had been shot, including guys that committed suicide, i.e. Carrie Von Erich, included Owen Hart, It was disgusting, the manipulation that went into this list. And it's a well-known thing in the wrestling industry. Beyond wrestling, Nancy Grace has uh, done a lot that's objectionable. She rallied, rallied against the Duke lacrosse team, a team of guys, and I know it's a bunch of white athletic guys, but guess what? They were innocent. They didn't rape anybody. And it was proven in a court of law, and there's no denying it. Like, there's no chance that they did. They definitely did not. But Nancy Grace was one of the top people ruining their reputation on television. Uh, beyond that, she's exploited case after case after case, creating hashtags and commercializing so many uh, cases that involved uh, child abuse and death and kidnapping. It's just it's just really gross stuff. And if you listen, if you've listened to my radio shows in the past that aren't necessarily wrestling related. I've talked about her a lot and my objections to her. So when she came in studio, I was surprised that she did. Because Jim Norton's been the same way. He shares my opinion. Um, He wasn't as familiar with the pro wrestling aspect of the whole thing. Uh, But unfortunately for her, I was. And I pressed her on it. The interview has gone everywhere. She ended up walking out. I made the point. Nobody's asking her to advocate for pro wrestlers. And there were a couple people... Literally a couple. I mean, I've gotten hundreds of people who love the interview. A couple of people saying things like, well, The Ultimate Warrior was on steroids, and saying things like, well, the reason that wrestlers don't speak out like Nancy Grace did is because they're afraid of Vince McMahon and they want to keep their jobs. Look, I speak to a lot of wrestlers, many of them on a personal basis, on on a basis like friends might speak, texting, privately, not in an interview format. Many have come to me thanking me for the interview. None have ever said to me, oh man, I'm so glad Nancy Grace is around to tell the truth about wrestling. It's never happened. So I'm glad that that we got the chance to do that. Um, I'm quite frankly proud of the interview. And if you want to see Nancy Grace get taken down a peg, in my book, that's the way I read it, uh, check out the interview on YouTube and you can see it for yourself. And if you think uh, if you think it's wrong, if you think it was too nasty, then... You're entitled to your opinion. Uh, I don't think you will. I think you'll enjoy it uh, as it was time to step up for wrestling and pro wrestling and the industry and pro wrestling fans. Uh, Speaking of pro wrestling, I do hope that Lucha Underground tours and and continues to grow because I think they have the opportunity to really turn into something. Um, Let's go WWE heavy this week on the state of wrestling. I think the biggest news right now... In the world of sports entertainment, is Goldberg coming back to Monday Night Raw? Goldberg will be on Raw this coming Monday, and it's a huge deal. Um, and I, I definitely saw it coming. I think a lot of people did. You know, it's 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 really interesting. Same speaking of the Ultimate Warrior, same way the Ultimate Warrior was kind of slowly ushered back into WWE land. This video game, the the 2K video game does a lot to bring people back into the WWE fold. It's to it's, it's gently bring them back in. Um, and I think that uh, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good tool that is used. Uh, I'm assuming that Goldberg will not show up on Raw to announce a WrestleMania match. I could see it happening as soon as Survivor Series. It's not going to happen the Hell in a Cell. Um. Obviously, I think it's very, very obvious There will be a Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match um, I find it hard to believe that Goldberg will win I do not think Goldberg will be coming back full-time I do not think Goldberg should come back full-time You know, I, Maybe Goldberg could be used similarly to somebody like The Rock or Brock Lesnar Honestly, on a more regular basis I don't think Goldberg will have the impact that Brock Lesnar or The Rock do But he will still have an impact um so I think that there is something to it. Uh I, I think right now he would just kind of commit to wrestling Brock Lesnar. I think the idea is that they will have Goldberg wrestle Brock Lesnar either at Survivor Series or at the Royal Rumble. I believe, and I don't know, I've never worked for WWE, but I will imagine that the WWE works in steps. So they get Goldberg to do the video game. Okay, good. We got him in the door. Let's get him to agree to do the Brock Lesnar match. Okay, we got the Brock Lesnar match down. Now, what do we do going forward? I think that they will uh, do everything in their power to get Goldberg to wrestle two matches. One against Brock Lesnar, either at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. And then I believe he will wrestle at WrestleMania this year. I believe that Goldberg will wrestle the match that Sting was supposed to wrestle. I believe he'll fill that role. I believe that you will see a Brock Lesnar Goldberg match. Now, you could Here's what Here's what I would do if I had Goldberg, okay? This is what I would do. I would have well, I don't know how exactly you pull it off. Actually, I do. Here's what I would do. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar goes down at Survivor Series. Brock Lesnar wins. Undertaker has some kind of appearance at Royal Rumble. Goldberg shows up. And starting with the Royal Rumble, you... You, you you take in starting with the Royal Rumble, you you start to get this build up towards a Goldberg Undertaker match at WrestleMania. That those are your two matches. And I think Goldberg loses both of them. And I and I think that's fine. I don't think it'll hurt anybody. But Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar will probably take place at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. Then I would have Goldberg fight Undertaker at Wrestlemania. I think that's a big Wrestlemania match Um, you know, again I don't think you're ever going to book The Undertaker's last match. I think all of The Undertaker's matches are his last match. I don't think you're ever going to know when The Undertaker's last match happens. Unfortunately, I think The Undertaker is not going to get that because I think he's just going to go until he can't go anymore. Until he can't wrestle one match a year he's going to continue to wrestle now I think that he'll hang up the boots before it gets pathetic because The Undertaker uh, has started wrestling at such a high level at WrestleMania that he's not going to let it turn into kind of a, a, a sham of what it used to be. But I do believe that Brock, Le- that, that Goldberg, Goldberg will get The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and I think it'll be huge. I mean, what a build. That is basically, even though Goldberg did have a run in WWE, you're still looking at doing... ...a match where it's the icon of WCW... ...because really... ...if there's one icon of WCW... ...it's Sting... ...if there's two... ...it's Sting and Goldberg... ...right? You know, you could say Ric Flair... ...but he's more of an icon of of NWA... ...he's almost pre-WCW... ...and then the fact that he had such a noteworthy run... ...in the WWF in 1992... ...and then... ...in the mid and late 90s... ...really didn't... ...wasn't treated properly in WCW... Uh, I find it hard to call Ric Flair an icon strictly of WCW. I would say the two icons of WCW are Sting and Goldberg. And if you needed a third, it would probably be Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, But I think where you are just never going to be able to have the Sting-Undertaker match, you'll have the Goldberg-Undertaker match instead. And I'd be excited to see that. I'd like to see it a lot. Um, Speaking of things uh, I'm going to like to see... Uh, I'm very excited to see the Sasha Banks versus Charlotte match uh, in Hell in a Cell. I think it's an amazing concept. Uh, I think it's going to be super fun to watch. I'm so happy for Charlotte and Sasha to get the opportunity. I don't think that the match was set up all that well on Raw. Uh, I don't know why, as the champion, Sasha would challenge the challenger. You know what I mean? If anything, you would have... Uh, I guess Charlotte challenged Sasha, and then maybe Sasha could accept it under the with the understanding that it's going to be in a Hell in a Cell. Maybe you could do that. There's a there, there's a few different things you could do, but the idea that as the women's champion, Sasha would just come out and say, "I want my toughest opponent in the toughest match." Why, you know, enjoy the title a little bit. And and to not really incorporate Mick Foley into it at all, being that Mick Foley's like the godfather of Hell in a Cell, and he's obsessed with the women on the roster. It's it's odd that that, that didn't take part. It was it was, a, it, was a, it was a weird week of guys making their own matches on Raw and SmackDown. Same thing was happening. Like uh, I don't know how the Miz got Daniel Bryan to allow the Spirit Squad to wrestle a handicap match against Dolph Ziggler. And and the James Ellsworth thing is the same thing, I guess, although Daniel Bryan did uh, uh, interfere in the creation of that match. Um, but I just think that there was a better way to set up that Hell in a Cell match, just because it is such a big deal. Like, yet yeah, these moments are big, but it's almost like, again, history for the sake of history is not history. To beat us over the head with the idea we're doing this because it's historic, well, then... Is it really historic? The Raw main event. It's the same thing I said. It's like, guess what? Charlotte and Sasha are going on last because it's historic. Okay. I guess. And I guess what? This leads to a Hell in a Cell match? Like, there should be a story. A, A story should still lead to what's going on. There should be a reason why Sasha and Charlotte are main eventing Raw. And that one I could look past. But there needs to be a reason why Sasha and Charlotte are in a Hell in a Cell beyond the girls have never done this before. You know, the girls have never done this before is like a side story. That's the, that's the uh, uh, macro story. You know what I mean? There's no micro story. There's no, uh, right now, the big picture of it is it's a historic moment. But the small picture isn't being addressed at all. Uh, and I think that's a mistake. You know, it's not going to hurt the match at all. I just think that there's no reason for you to give up the opportunity to tell a story. Because that's what, you know, that's what wrestling is all about. Although, I will say, there were certainly more stories told on Raw this week than have been. You know, the Dana Brooke Bailey thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff. A whole bunch of stuff. It seemed a little more like there was rationale behind everything. Um, I was surprised that that they flirted with the idea of Chris Jericho being a triple threat in the Hell in a Cell and then... Now he's not. Maybe he'll be added later with some thing. But as I've been saying all these weeks, I did love uh, uh, that they're still flirting with this idea that they're going to break up. They're still flirting. They're they're still making a play. They're playing with their egos. They're, the Kevin Owens Chris Jericho feud eventually will be great, and I truly hope that the title is on the line. I don't think it will be. I think by then Seth Rollins will have the title, but. I truly hope that Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho is a universal title feud. I think it would be great. Um, while we're talking about Raw, thank you, WWE, for taking my advice. Two jobbers for Braun Strowman. Yes, of course. You don't need to squash Sin Cara. Just put multiple jobbers in there with him. I don't know what they're going to do next week. I'd give them 10 jobbers. Just have him beat up enhancement talent all day long. Why not? I think you should, and thank you for taking my advice. Here, well, you only half took my advice. I said that there are guys on the roster, I said, i.e. Sin Cara, that could be in the Cruiserweight division. So it was cool to see Sinkara in that Cruiserweight match, but again, my problem is that Sin Cara, they like they made this thing like Sinkara had entered into the Cruiserweight division, meaning you can either be on the main roster or the cruiserweight division, and only specific people wrestle in the cruiserweight division, and those specific people can't go outside the cruiserweight division, and I think that's a mistake. Like I said before, I think uh, Rich Swan should be in there with Braun Strowman, you know? I mean, what was better on Nitro than watching Rey Mysterio have to deal with Kevin Nash, you know? He still wrestles. He still wrestles for the cruiserweight title. He still wrestles other cruiserweights. But that doesn't mean that you can't go outside your division. You know, I, I think you should be able to go outside your division. Honestly, I'm entertained most by Lucha Underground when they take women outside of, of, of this, this binary women's division where you have to... If you're, in, if you're a woman, you're wrestling women. Well... You can do it in such a way that it doesn't look like a domestic disturbance, you know, and I don't know why that's not done, but to, to have the cruiserweights on an island like that, to me, is a mistake, and it's going to be a mistake, and I think that's the reason why there's not that much fire behind this division, you know? Brian Kendrick is, is good enough that after he's done with this rivalry with TJ Perkins, he can have a rivalry with anybody else in the company. You know, Brian Kendrick could go out and and he could have a rivalry with uh, I don't know, with The New Day. You know, with Xavier Woods maybe. He could have a rivalry with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn needs somebody to have a rivalry with. There are, there are, there're lots of people that he could leave the Cruiserweight division to have a rivalry with and then go back to the Cruiserweight division. I mean, why not? As long as you're eligible for the division, you should be able to compete in that division, but the universal title is not the universal heavyweight title. Meaning you can be any weight to hold the universal title, theoretically. So why keep the cruiserweights on an island? I don't know, and I think it's a mistake. I do think it's a mistake. Uh, I thought No Mercy was good. here. You know, I was trying to... F- well, it was fine. It wasn't good. It was fine. It was like a super episode of SmackDown. Two and a- It was weird that it was only two and a half hours and then Talking Smack came on. You know, I, I mean... I thought we were doing three-hour pay-per-views. I mean, if you're doing 19 a year, I guess you could shorten some of them. But still, why not? Um, but it was it was it was a decent show. It was fine. You know, it was like a special. I I I I, I didn't get the I haven't gotten the big pay-per-view vibe from any of the brand exclusive pay-per-views yet. Uh, but Hell in a Cell might be different because it's Hell in a Cell matches, but I don't know. Um, You know, I was super, obviously, I was super happy to see Bray Wyatt win, and I was glad that I was right about Luke Harper coming back. I think it was exactly what you needed. And Luke Harper, they're doing so well with him at the moment because he's not looked at as just like a lackey. You know, he's looked at as a guy that you have to take seriously. He's looked at as a guy who may be even better than Bray Wyatt. And again, eventually, you're going to get to a point where they're going to break up, and you're going to have a Luke Harper-Bray Wyatt feud, hopefully, and it could be great, and I think Luke Harper has a ton of potential, so I think that was the right move. In terms of uh, Dolph, you know, I'm still interested in the story. The Miz is doing the, not some of, the Miz is literally doing the best work of his career right now. He's hit this peak. He's, he's found a spot where he can be himself, and it's just fantastic. and But enough of you bandwagon jumpers, because everybody knows I've been a misfit for a long time way before it was cool. Way before it was cool. So don't be jumping on this bandwagon and acting like we're all in the same category, because we ain't. Um, but I would have gone in a different direction. I still think Dolph needs to be kind of reinvented. I, just have, I like that, you know, don't get me wrong about what I said earlier about guys making their own matches, because I liked on SmackDown that it was like It's sort of uh, spontaneous. Oh, Spirit Squad's over here. James Ellsworth is over here. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, which is good. Um, But it is weird that they can make their own matches. Uh, I I, I still think that Dolph may need to get reinvented a little bit. I don't know. Maybe this will give him the shot in the army needs. I don't know. I have all the faith in the world that he can do something. We'll just see if he can do it now. I thought Miz was working really, really well, so if Dolph can't get it done, it's a shame to have taken the title off of Miz. Speaking of James Ellsworth, oh my god. I know I wasn't the only one that cringed when he uh, put his face forward for that Styles Clash this week. Oh my god, James, James, what are you doing? What are you doing to yourself? I thought he had broken his neck. I was like, no, not poor James Ellsworth. Not poor James Ellsworth. I feel partially responsible for his uh, career, quite frankly, because I gave him so much credit because I I gave him all the shine. I was the first major podcast to have him on as a guest, let's remember. So I was like, yeah, we brought him into the mainstream. Let's not get him hurt now. Every man with two fists has a fighting chance, but you have to be able to raise your two fists, you know? Thank God he's okay. Thank God James Ellsworth uh, is okay, and as far as Survivor Series goes, and I know, I'm going a mile a minute here, but that's because the, uh, the panel was long, and I want, I don't want to keep you guys, uh, here forever, but, um, as far as Survivor Series goes, I really like the idea. Now, (laughs) when SmackDown says we're going to take our five best teams, and they're going to wrestle Raw's five best teams, um, it's especially going to be tough for Raw to find five teams. Who do they got? New Day is one. Enzo and Cass is one. The club. I guess the uh, Shining Stars. And, well, I guess we you saw them. Sami Zayn and Neville, maybe? And then on SmackDown, like, they've been doing the same thing with the... What, they got like six teams on SmackDown, right? As well as Rhino and Heath, I guess. So on SmackDown, you'd have Rhino and Heath, American Alpha, uh, the, the Dude Bros, the Hype Bros, <laughs> the Usos, and I don't know. I guess the Ascension maybe. You're not gonna have the Vaude Villains in there. They get no love. You see them? No black and white. Barely got an entrance at the pre-show of No Mercy. Uh, poor guys. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, thanks again. To WWE 2K17 for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, Get ready to be taken to Suplex City, courtesy of WWE 2K17. WWE 2K17 is back once again as the defending champion of WWE video games with its cover superstar, Brock Lesnar. WWE 2K17 features amazing graphics and gameplay, as well as a, 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 a gigantic roster featuring the biggest and brightest WWE superstars, both past and present. For more information on everything WWE 2K17, go to WWE.2K.com. WWE 2K17 is on shelves now. Go out and grab a copy today. Next week, I will tell you exactly how I feel about the game. Don't forget to check out my interview with the Bellas and uh, my interview with Nancy Grace, both pertaining to pro wrestling, Uh, Not on YouTube slash Not Sam, but on the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts YouTube page, because both of those interviews happened on Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on SiriusXM. And that's it. Big thanks to Lucha Underground for allowing us to air the entire panel from this week's Comic-Con on the podcast. By the way, I didn't get approval to air that on the podcast until literally 20 minutes before I put this thing on. So, we got it. We're good, you're good, I'm good. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
2: Thanks for listening. listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every
5: week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.